Dad the Man, the guy who's living life the right way by loving and leading his family. World-class at his craft and admired by many, but more importantly, he sets the tone for what a great man, husband, and father looks like. That's who Dad the Man is. And the truth is, as men, husbands, and fathers, we experience and struggle with so many of the same things. And it's time we recognize that we're all in this together. So drop your ego at the door and join us in the conversation. Welcome to Dad the Man. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Walt, and I am your host. And today I do have one ask for you. If you are enjoying the show, if you are learning anything at all, or if you have any takeaways from today's episode, please do me a huge favor and help me to share the show, whether that is mentioning it to a friend or telling somebody about it at work, or maybe even sharing us on social media. I cannot thank you enough for your support. So today's guest is none other than the Carlos Reyes. So Carlos is primarily known today for his success as an entrepreneur in the real estate space, his massive output of positive and practical content on social media, and his coaching business, All In Nation, which he started to help other entrepreneurs find financial freedom through real estate in the same way that he did. So Carlos has a crazy story. So he came to the United States illegally as a little boy, led by his mother, who was working two minimum wage jobs to support her young kids in their new life in the States. And in our conversation, Carlos tells this story of making his way into the United States. And it's a crazy, inspiring, and humbling story to hear told. In 2014, Carlos decided to quit a 14-year corporate job to pursue the dream of building his own real estate investment company. And to put it simply, this bet on himself paid off. As his company has scaled like crazy since then, and has become a powerhouse in the real estate world. And on top of his primary real estate business, Carlos also runs 31 other businesses, with 10 of those 31 businesses grossing over seven figures per year. So when you listen to Carlos speak, you can feel the depth of his gratitude for this opportunity his mother gave him and the life that he has built for his family here in the U.S. Carlos and his family are truly an amazing example of the American dream. But above it all, Carlos is an incredible man, husband, and father, and it was truly an honor to host him on the show. So here's my conversation with the Carlos Reyes. And we are live with the one and only Carlos Reyes. Carlos, I want to thank you so much right off the bat here just for making some time for us today. And I also want to acknowledge you real quick as, as we get started. So, you know, in following you over the years, watching what you've been able to build in the, in the real estate space and with all your other businesses, I think you've got like 30 something businesses now. It's crazy. What you've built so far is, is obviously it's, it's remarkable. Um, but what I've really appreciated about you and in following you is the way that you've taken all of this, you know, the influence that you've been able to kind of cultivate and generate through your businesses, through your growing social media um, channels and everything to really just pour back into other people. It seems like at the core of, of you, all your messaging is just this intent to serve other people, to pour back into other people. I mean, the sheer volume of free, valuable content that you give away that like, it's so valuable to educate other people. And then the way that you inspire people with your own personal story, uh, man, you're just a fun guy to follow. You're a fun guy to root Thank for. You. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for making some time for us today. Um, so with all that being said, the one and only Carlos Reyes, welcome to the dad, the man podcast. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. And thanks for, uh, again, you know, being patient, uh, I'm blessed to, blessed to be here. Um, you know, I, I, uh, this is probably the, no, actually I have a podcast. Uh, I have two podcasts tomorrow, but, uh, <laughs> real estate related. Uh, this one is a little bit of a different dynamic, which is always refreshing. You know, it's always refreshing to, um, not just talk about real estate and business. You know, my favorite subject is life, you know, and I feel like, um, that's where people really get real inspiration because not everybody wants to be a real estate investor. You know, not everybody wants to be a businessman. Not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but everybody wants to be the best versions of themselves and live life to its highest capacity, you know? Uh, so I believe that that's where, that's where we, you know, people like you and, and I, that that's where we, we reach and we impact um, because you can't put everybody in this one little box. And that's one thing that I never wanted to do 
is, oh, I'm just going to be, you know, a real estate educator, a real estate influencer. I was like, that's, that's not me. That was, that was just the first vehicle to get me to the next uh, venture. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, yeah, blessed to be able to be here, man. And i um, excited to, to pour into some of the folks out there that are either watching or listening. Well, amen, man. Those are the, definitely the things that we'll, we'll talk about today. So to kick things off, you know, one of the things that we always do is we, we go back and we, we start with the story of childhood to give a little context of who the guest is, where they come from. And I know in following you that this, you have a very unique story in this area. So if you don't mind, maybe take us back, tell us a little bit about, you know, your childhood, your journey and, uh, and how you ultimately got here, which I know, I know this is a big story. Yeah, 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 man. So, you know, it took a, it took a while uh, to, what's up? Sorry, I'm on a podcast, live podcast. <laughs> it took a, you know, it, it took a while for me to heal some of the, you know, emotion and, and, and trauma and, you know, everything that I had to go through because you don't know what you don't know. You know, I was born in uh, Mexico. I was, dirt poor you know when people i sometimes have these videos where i talk about how mexico doesn't have a middle class and then other mexicans are like yeah they do they have a middle class and those mexicans live here in the states they don't live in mexico right so i just kind of ignore it because they just they don't know what they don't know you know there is no middle class in mexico because if you think of the middle class in mexico you know, that's not like being in middle, being in, in the middle class of the economic, you know, or the economy there in Mexico, it's like being dirt poor here, you know, it's, it's, it's really, you know, there, right? Like, you know, like I always state in some of my content, it's like, you're either well off and your family is educated and they're doctors and lawyers and politicians and right. Or you're on the other side of, of, of that uh, fence and you're dirt poor and you live up in the hills where I grew up, you know, dirt roads, dirt, dirt floors. Um, you know, the, the, the houses are, are made of like wood, literally like four by fours and plywood and then laminate, uh, laminate uh, roofing, you know, and then it's like you want to wash your clothes, you go to the back and there's a washing board back there. You want to use the restroom. You know, my grandfather built a, a back house where we did, you know, number one, number two um, in, in the back. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's no, there, you know, when I was growing up, there was no running water. You know, we got our water from a guy that would come up to the neighborhood with a big old truck and a big old, you know, a container. And that's where we get, get our water. We would fill for the week. Right. Um, you know, electricity. There was no running electricity for a very long time. We had gas lamps. You know what I mean? My, my grandmother had gas lamps. We literally lived in a, you know, 300 square foot. It's about 350 square feet house, no bedrooms, no bathrooms. It's just the house. And in the living room, you have my grandmother and my grandfather's bed, uh, my, my bed and, and, and my bed with my, my, my brother, and then my mother's bed, you know, it's, and then, so we, we grew up dirt poor, man. And, there was, you know, there was days where, you know, food wasn't promised. Does that make sense? Like, it wasn't like, well, what are we going to eat today? <laughs> you know, my mom's making at that time, like $12, $15 a week, um, you know, and it's like, it was, it was rough. So my, my mother decided to do something about it. Uh, she's the black sheep of the family, right? She's the youngest. She told her family, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't raise my children in this poverty. Um I'm going to risk my life and lose years with my children because I'm going to make the ultimate sacrifice and try to create a life for them in the United States of America. Everybody thought she was crazy. You know, I went through a lot because I was, you know, I was a little boy for four years old, five years old, feeling abandoned right at that time. You don't comprehend that your mother's trying to, you know, make something better for your, for you and your, and your family, you know, you just think, you know, at that point you're like, damn, you know, what did I do? Like, why, why doesn't my mom want me? Why does she leave me? Am I not enough? Like, these are the thoughts that you are having. Four or five-year-olds are not supposed to be going through that. You know, my children, I got a three-year-old and a nine-year-old. And that's one thing that they've never, that's never crossed their minds. Right. 
for them, it's like, you know, it's like, hey, what am I going to wear today? What am I going to eat today? You know, what am I going to play? You know, what toys am I going to play with today? Yeah. That wasn't what I was experiencing in my childhood. You know, it was like a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of trauma, you know, abandonment, resentment, anger, right? These are all emotions that were very common to me, you know, growing up. And uh, imagine, you know, being dirt poor now, abandoned by your mother and, uh, you know, everybody in your family treats you like, you know, you're like nothing, you know, like we were, we were definitely the poorest in our family. Like everybody else kind of lived in other areas, better areas. They even have brick homes. Like we were the, the by far the poorest people in the family. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where sometimes there was this little store on the way up to, to my grandmother's house. And sometimes we would have to like get food in advance like alone like they would lend us you know they would uh, give us a credit like hey all right you can take bread and, and eggs and milk but when you get paid on friday you got to pay me back like that's how dirt poor we were you know so anyway man fast forward you know my mother she decides to to go to come to america leave us for two years um the first time she crossed me over she crossed me over illegally through a sewer canal and um uh, San Isidro next to TJ, Tijuana, Mexico, border of California. And, uh, we, you know, we made it for about a year and a half. I attended the second grade there and a little bit of the third. And by the time the end of the third grade uh, was about to, when I was about to complete the, the third grade, we were living under a tree. We were just we just could not make it a single mom. And with what she was making, you know, the pennies she was making, it just wasn't enough for us to, to survive in California. It was very expensive. So. I mean, that was, you know, that was devastating. That was a devastating blow to us. You know, all that sacrifice, you know, the two years of abandonment, you know, crossing over illegally and having to go back to Mexico. I mean, how do you think we felt? We felt like we failed. <laughs> we failed. Our life was over. Back to the hellhole, you know. Mm -hmm. So we go back mm -hmm. and our whole family is making fun of us. You know, Haha, I told you so. What were you thinking? You know, did you think you were better than us? You know, that whole situation happens and my mother and I we put together a plan we're like you know what this isn't the end all be all for us um you know my mom's like uh son you go back groceries you go back groceries I'm gonna go clean hotel rooms at the resort and uh we're gonna save up enough money uh I heard uh, I got friends in Phoenix Arizona this is my mom talking and she says I, I heard that it's way more affordable than California um, we're going to, uh, we're going to try our shot at the American dream for the second time. So we do that. We save up enough money. We send her over on a bus to Phoenix. She leaves us for another year and a half. Here we go again as a child. I'm like, this time though, I understand a little more, you know? Mm -hmm. yep. So it's not so, it's not so traumatic. Um, so she saves up enough money. She brings me over the first time. She literally pays the guy $25 to sneak me through a hole in the fence in Ogala, Sonora. We come up to Phoenix. I start my paperwork process in 1997. Uh, you know, I eventually get my work permit. I work in corporate America for as long as I could. The most I ever made in corporate America was between 60 and 70 years. Um, and then, um, you know, I get my, I get my, I got my permanent residency card after one year of having my work permit. And then I got my citizenship after five years of having my residency. So, you know, I did everything. The right way i did everything the hard way it was a long and expensive and extensive process money we didn't have but we you know god provided and then i started um you know digging into the entrepreneur world in 2013 uh, my business partner and i we launched uh we launched our real estate uh investment company in 2014 we met our first million dollars in 20 july of 2016 we made over eight figures last year and we made over eight figures the year before and we're probably going to double our, our gross revenue this year, God willing, with all the um, all the ventures we have now. Our biggest uh, sectors that we operate in is uh, real estate investing, you know, real estate investing, mm -hmm. uh, real estate education. We have events. We have mentorships. We have different things. Um, software. We have different softwares that we've built. It's, it's cost us, you know, well over seven figures to build. Um, and then we have uh, e-commerce that we, you know, it took us two years to launch. So we launched our e-commerce business and uh, we'll definitely, you know, our, our goal in the next 
I would say 24 to 36 months is to get to that $100 million mark in 12 months. So we're excited. We're excited of everything that's going on. We're excited of the evolution, the growth in, uh, in the future, man. That's where we are today. That's amazing. You know, when I, when I introduced you, I mentioned that your story was pretty inspiring and, and you definitely proved, proved me to be correct in that. I mean, that's, that's an unbelievable story of, of how we got here. Right. So I want to first thank you for sharing. Been through it all. Been through it all. <laughs> I, um, I, I mean, there's no way in the world I could even begin to empathize um, what that's like. So I, I, I thank you for sharing. I'm sure it's not an sure. easy one to, to reflect on all the time. Something um, that I had to heal. You know, it's like, uh, like I told you, it was, you know, being dirt poor was, was man, that, that was hard enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, you know, not having a father and then not having a mother for several years, you know, and then like, you know, even when we got here, man, going through, you know, at times my mom had to, you know, get like cash assistance to pay the rent, food stamps to get, you know, to, there was times where we had to, to really rely on that stuff. And, you know, like I said, man, you know, it's, I look back at it and, uh, you know, thank God that uh, I, I've known that side of, of life and uh, I never I never will go back, you know, God willing, and my family will never know, you know, that pain, right? They'll know other pain because life, you know, life isn't perfect and it comes with its own challenges, but that's one less pain that I can save them from, protect them from, you know? Yeah. So, Is that something you continue to work through just like personally? I'm, I'm, I'm imagining like, you know, the trauma that you talked about just from being so little and, and your mom being gone. And of course you understand that now, but I would have to imagine that there is some trauma in there what's what's that like for you today you know yeah so i started uh by the way i, I retired my mother in uh march of 2017 so it's been, it's been almost four years you know thank god right everything she never has to worry about anything housing car payment insurance nothing like she's she's set you know she's worries she doesn't never and i and i made her that promise when i was five years old i said mom wow uh, we were in Mexico and I looked up at her and I said, one day you're never going to have to worry about money again, you know? And, uh, you know, she told me, I had this conversation with her a few weeks ago. She says, I remember that conversation. And I told you, I said, you can do it. You can do it, son. You can do anything you put your mind to. So my mom was different, man. Even though we come from nothing, you know, my mom's wiring was just, she wasn't realistic. And that, that really helped me a lot. You know, like mm -hmm. she wasn't one of those people that, uh, she to this day man she's 65 years old and um you know she's she there's nothing in the world that she doesn't think that she can do you know what i mean so um i get a lot of my hustle from her my mindset from her my work ethic from her my perseverance from her you know what i mean so it feels it feels amazing to you know to be where i am today um because what feels what feels really good brother is forget the fact that you know I'm successful. That, that, that's always been a dream. My dream was to be successful. Like I just wanted to be successful my whole life, you know, because of where I come from, you know, mm -hmm. but what feels the best is being able to serve so many, you know, thousands of tens of thousands of people across the country. And then more importantly, being able to serve my family and really changing the trajectory of my, you know, generations to come through, you know, my, 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 my children and God willing, my children's children. Like, that's what, for me, it's like, that's what makes someone a legend, right? Everybody thinks, oh, I'm a legend. I'm a legend. I don't care to be a legend, but what I'm telling you this is I'm, you know, when you leave a legacy, right, that that's your, your family or other people, they, they will consider you a legend. Like he left a legacy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yep. So everybody out there, you know, thinking they're legends, you know, it's like, dude, are you are you leaving a legacy because you can't call yourself a legend if you're not leaving a legacy if that makes any sense yeah absolutely and i would say your your mom's a legend because i mean and what, and what a great she way is. for you to kind of repay her i mean just to pay homage to all the sacrifices that she made i mean just thinking about leaving my kids are five and three like i'm imagining leaving them in a different yeah. country like bro that's it's crazy so check, check this out i had this conversation i was in sedona um, I go up to Sedona a lot. Um, I hired a, uh, a personal, uh, I would say like a shaman or whatever you want to call them, uh, for two days. And we did, we did some healing up there and mm -hmm. 
I had a conversation with her. It was crazy. I don't know this was bothering me for this long. I never asked my mother how she felt when she abandoned, when she left me. And I asked her that last week when I was in Sedona, I was having some moments of clarity. And I was like, mom said, I'm still healing from the pain and the trauma when I felt that I just wasn't enough for you when I was a child. And she says, son, she goes, my heart was ripped apart when I was leaving you. She says, you have no clue what I felt inside when I had to leave my children. Like that, she's like, crushed me inside out. My heart was torn, ripped apart. And when she said that to me, man, you know, it healed a part of my life that I did not know needed healing. You get what I'm saying here? I am 37 years old. And for the first time, I, I confront her, right? Like I have the awareness or the courage to confront her about, Hey mom, you know, I've always felt like I was never enough for you, you know? And that kind of had its own, like that, that actually happened. Like when I was growing up, like I remember being in the seventh grade and I'm getting straight A's and in the eighth grade, I'm getting straight A's and I'm coming home and I'm showing her and it wasn't, it didn't really feel like, Oh, son, great job. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that she demonstrated her love for me. And I, this is something else I confronted her about. I said, you weren't very affectionate. And she was like, I know son. She was like, I was too busy trying to be strong, you know? And wow. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to express my love to you and your, 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 you know, your siblings. And uh, again, you know, all that stuff, it just healed so much, man. You know, this was yeah. last week. How, Think about uh, I mean, how big of an impact does that make? Like with, just with you and, and your relationship with your mom, I'd have to imagine that's a giant step towards each other. Bro, I cannot, like, I cannot believe that this needed to be done. Like over 30 years of having this, you know, cellular impression, this traumatic you know, impression, mm-hmm. like having it stuck inside me and her too, right? Yeah. Like she never, you know, I got like, when I confronted her, she expressed herself and, you know, it, it, it really changed the dynamic of our relationship. It yeah. really did. So, Bravo to I, you yeah, for leading, what, leading into that. I, that's what I want to say, man, is I want to encourage people out there to have the courage to confront their deepest threats, their deepest secrets, their deepest traumas, their trapped emotions. Like I really want people to build the courage out there because you know what? They may not know this now, but it's liberating. And the more that you heal yourself internally, right? The more that you liberate yourself from those limited emotions and thoughts, the higher you're going to fly, man. You're just going to let go of some baggage. Mm-hmm. And it's going to catapult you to that next level, to, to being a better father, to being a better son, to being a better brother, to being a better husband, to being a better businessman or whatever, you know, to be to, to being a better version of yourself. The more that you clear out that BS, right? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the clear the clear that you get to see of what, where you need to plug in and, 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 and what areas of your life, right? What departments mm-hmm. you need to address. Nothing's ever going to be perfect, but think about it, right? If you, okay, health, I'm addressing it. Family, I'm addressing it. Business, I'm addressing it. You know, personal, like personal development, I'm addressing Like if you slowly start to heal these areas of your life, what do you think is going to happen to you as a whole? Yeah, I, th- I think fundamentally, there's a deep, deep, deep point in there that I think we as men probably struggle with. I see it a lot. I've struggled with it myself. And it's this idea that whatever the problem is, like the emotional, you know, baggage or trauma or whatever it is, whether you acknowledge it or not, I think we believe that we can outwork it. Like we believe that we can go validate that issue or fix that issue externally. Outwork think- it or out or out man it, out macho it. Yep. Yep. Because right, little, little boys aren't supposed to cry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
right? That's yeah. that's the society we grow up in. Little boys aren't supposed to cry. If you're five years old, you're a boy, you're a man. You shouldn't be crying. Like that's what we're taught at a very early age. But no, brother, like we're supposed to express our emotions just like any other human being. We're energetic beings, man. You know, like mm-hmm. you got to release that energy, man. Right. If and you then- don't, you know what's going to happen? It's going to stay, it's going to stay, it's now a trapped emotion. And then eventually it's going to lead to an ailment. It's going to lead to some other form of, it's going to manifest itself in a, in a physical form Yep. at one point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a huge point. And that's where it comes out. It comes out as either like stress that we just release at the office. We release it with alcohol. We release it, you know, with a, with an addiction to some hobby that adds no value to our life, whatever it is. Right. We numb. So a lot of um, a lot of uh, a lot of human beings, and you can see it all over the country and society. Like, how do we how do we suppress our reality? How do we suppress our emotions? Entertainment, drugs, alcohol, sex, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, food, food, yep. Yep. pills, pills. Mm-hmm. We numb. We numb. We numb we numb, you know what I mean? We numb, we numb, we numb, we just numb. We don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's why I said earlier, you know, I want to encourage people out there that are watching or listening to have the courage to deal with it. Cause if you don't deal with it, you'll never heal. And if you don't heal, you'll always be a hurt individual. And if you're a hurt individual, you know, hurt people, hurt people, mm-hmm. you, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Yep. You know, you'll hurt others in the process unintentionally. I have before and you'll blame them. <laughs> you'll blame them. Uh, and uh, you'll never really, you know, reach your highest potential here on earth. Yeah. And the flip side of that too. I mean, the weight that you had to have taken off of your mom's back too, when you had that conversation and she was able to just have that moment of release herself just the fact that you leaned into it. And I think that's so applicable to, you know, most of us guys. And I think it could be as simple or seemingly insignificant as just a conversation with your wife, right? Like maybe something's going on in your house that you disagree with her about. Like, I think it's better to look at her and face her and communicate your point effectively about that rather than just suppressing it and trying to be dutiful and moving on and moving on and moving on. And I think that's where a lot of guys end up lost. And then that's kind of how we get back to that point of numbing the emotion that you were alluding to before. Yep. Um, you know, man, you said that about, you know, the the wife situation, you gotta learn how to effectively communicate effectively uh, communicate with everyone. You know, everyone has a different language, Mm -hmm. right? Like I can't talk to my wife the way I talk to my business partner. I can't talk to my children the way that I talk to, you know, a friend, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. everybody understands different, right? So I'll give you an example. You know, if, if you disagree with something your wife is doing, you know, the approach is everything. You know, you, you can either say, hey, babe, can we uh, can we sit down and talk about something if you don't mind? Right. You can literally say that. And I think she would show immediately, you know, put her put her uh, her defense down. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, put her guard down and, and be more open minded and open heart, open hearted to understand, like, where you're coming from and your perspective. Um, or you can say something like, no, I'm not doing that. You're out of your mind. You see what I'm saying? Like there's, yep. there's two different ways of communicating hundred percent. And I feel like as human beings, man, especially with everything that's going on now, I think we're losing the, <laughs> we're losing, we're losing our, our ability to communicate effectively. We really are. hundred percent. I think, really that, I, I think what's rooted in that is just, we seemingly don't want to take ownership of the communication right like you hear guys like Jocko Willink talk about that a lot like if someone does not understand the point you are trying to articulate that you have to take ownership of that to communicate it better that's not the other yeah. person's burden to figure out what you're trying to tell them right yeah you know something that that's really helped me out a lot in life recently is whenever you know I'm going through some type of challenge or a problem specific specifically with another human being or another person right at mm-hmm. first I identify what my role is in that issue instead of that, like, like immediately just 
pointing the finger at the other side. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Okay, let me let me just really right dissect every area of where I may be at fault. Mm-hmm. Let's identify my fault for my fault, so I can take accountability first, and then we can talk about the other side. So I Amen. think that's that's really helpful, man. Yeah, man, taking ownership yeah. of of it of, of every situation of our lives is such a huge point. It's something I I try to scream from the mountaintops when I can, man. It's but it's hard to do it, right? Because we have to admit some level of fault on our own first. Yeah, ninety nine percent of people uh, out there, you know, unfortunately, man, like they don't take accountability. Yep. It's 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 easy to not take accountability. It's hard to hold yourself accountable and hold yourself to a high standard. That's difficult. Mm-hmm. Think about it. It's difficult to get up and go work out. It's it's difficult to drink green juices. I drink a green juice every day. Like who the hell wants to drink a green juice every day, right? <laughs> you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, yep. It's, it's 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 difficult to hold ourselves to a high standard. No one wants to do what's hard, man. But everybody wants to have what that hard brings, right? You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, yep. Everybody wants the fruits but no one wants to put in the work. Everybody wants the fruits, but nobody wants to put, put down the roots. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah. people, you know, that's when people are like, oh man, look at that guy. You know, he's a multimillionaire. Oh, look what he drives. Look how he treats, look at, look at the vacations that go on. Look at the house he lives in. Look at the flourishing businesses and blah, 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 blah. Come spend a day with me. Keep up, do what mm-hmm. I do. You know, do what I do. do, do it how I do it. You know, look at my calendar, you know, like, you know, if, can you keep this up every day? All right, then, 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 then you don't really want it. You think you want something, but you, you don't really want it. You, mm-hmm. you don't really want it. If you can't do this consistently every single day, perform at a very high level every single day, it's easy not to, man. You Right? Like, I've uh-huh. had a job. I've had a job. I know it's easy for me to, you know, get up, uh, be very routine, right? Routine-like, like, you know, get up brush my teeth, get ready, you know, drive 30 minutes to an hour to a job I hate, punch in nine o'clock, whatever, eight, nine, um, have my 15 minute break and then have my lunch and then have another 15 minute break and then punch out and go home and get paid every other week. That's easy. Mm-hmm. That's easy. Yep. Right. It, that's, that, that's the, that's what I call the assembly line. Yep. No. So for anybody out there that's listening or watching, that doesn't want to do the hard work, right? Mm-hmm. Just stay in the assembly line and, yep. you know, work till you're 60, 65, retire, you know, get a few grand a month. You're barely going to make ends meet when you're 65 years old. Unfortunately, you might, you might even end up a, being a Walmart greeter because you're a little short on cash. And I'm not trying to, you know, I respect and love everybody out there that's struggling, you know, like, I don't know if you saw, but I posted something on my story the other day. There was an old lady in Uber Eats, and I just gave her a hundred dollar tip because I just I'm like, she's an old lady doing Uber Eats. She clearly is not making enough money. Mm-hmm. Yep. You get to decide. You're like, I don't want people out there that are listening when they're they're 65 years old. They look back and they're like, oh man, like why didn't I do things differently? Because now by then, and when you're when you're that old brother, like you don't have the energy, you don't have mm-hmm. the physical capacity it's a little late like and i I hate to be the one to say that but when you're 65 you can't do the things that you can do when you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s 100 so start with the end in mind start with the end in mind like that every single business venture that we start now my business partner and i talk we start with the end in mind all right what gross revenue do we want to accomplish with this venture right what is that going to take per month? What is that going to take per week? What is that going to take per day? Mm-hmm. What kind of people are we going to plug in? What kind of systems and processes and marketing, right? Start with the end in mind. That's how human beings should also live their lives. You know what? 100%. Let me fast forward to when I'm 65 years old and what that looks like. If you don't like what you're seeing now, then start doing something about it today. Amen. Yeah, I've got a, a whole episode. I've done like a solo episode where I talk about like encouraging people to imagine themselves sitting on their deathbed and look back on their life and imagine their current trajectory getting them to that point 
and see what bubbles up. Like, what emotion do you feel? Do you feel regret? Do you feel anxiety? Are you like, shit, I missed the point? Like, I, I think that's such a powerful perspective. And that applies, you know, not just to business, but that I think applies to our lives as well. Like you were saying, like, like, do you want to look back and say that you were too distracted with everything else and completely missed the opportunity to raise it your didn't matter. Yes, exactly. Focusing on things that don't matter. I think it's so yeah. powerful. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Oh, for sure, bro. Um, you know, I, I tell everybody now this, I'm like, for me, it's my family and my business. Um, everything in between doesn't really matter. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. So uh, that's where I am today. And I think that's making my life a lot easier and better and uh, um, more, uh, how I say, more intentional for sure. Way more intentional. Yep. Like, okay. Family business, business, family, all this bullshit in between. It's like, you know, do I even, do I even give it attention? You know what I'm saying? Yep. So how do you balance that with everything that you've got going on? I think that's like the what, huge thing that we struggle with as men is like, we're, I think a little bit binary, maybe biologically by nature. Like we get fixed on things. Like if it's business, like let's go, go, go. It's hard to kind of maybe compartmentalize and step out of that and then go be a family man too. Or maybe it's vice versa for other guys. No, how do you uh, uh, I struggled with it for a few years. Um, it takes work to transition. Um, but what really helped me out a lot was, you know, I, I did have, like I said, first and foremost, man, my, and I'm not done. I'm still on my journey with my, you know, personal development, right? Like internal healing, mm-hmm. doing the internal work, you know, the more trapped emotions that I release, the more trauma that I release, the more blockages that I bring down, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at, at home, I, I know how to take my, my business hat off and put my, my dad, my, my dad hat and my, uh, my husband had on and, you know, I, uh, one of my, my brother-in-law said this to me a few years ago. He's like, Hey man, you know, cause I don't know. I didn't know what it was to be a dad. Cause I didn't grow up with the dad. I don't know what dads, how, what, what dads do, what they don't do. So like, okay, well, you know, you don't, you didn't really have an example of it. So why don't you just be the dad that you wish you would have had? I said, Bling. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Yep. All right. All right. Let me be that dad. Let's go. All right. I'm, I'm, I don't know what it is to be a dad, but you know what? I'm going to be the dad that if I did have a dad, I wish he would have, he would have been like this. Right. So there's no such okay. thing as balance brother, but you know what? Um, I believe in offsetting. I'll give you an example. Thursday, which is the day after tomorrow, I'm flying to Wisconsin. I'm speaking there. I'm headlining an event on Friday. And then I'm flying uh, from Wisconsin to San Diego on Saturday, and I'm speaking at an event there. It's called Scale and Escape Summit. I'm spe- I'm sharing a stage with Ed Milet. You probably know who that guy is, right? Absolutely, very cool. Uh, he, he's he's a powerhouse, so I'll have to I'll have to bring it. You know, it's not the first time that I, I have to bring it. I've spoken okay. with some pretty, pretty good names. You know, I sp- I've spoke right after Gary Vaynerchuk in Miami, um, uh, awesome. Ed Milet uh, several times. Uh, you know, I've been freaking. I, I went back and forth with like Grant Cardone on the podcast, Andy Frisella on the podcast. Oh, so yeah. you know i love i love when people just bring the best out of me you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that's you know right that's that's it's a healthy competition right so right anyway um so flying to san diego on saturday speaking uh, speaking there on sunday morning and then my family is meeting me saturday uh and we're renting like a beachfront spot then i'm taking them to probably uh universal studios monday morning We'll chill, uh, we'll chill all day on the ocean Tuesday. I'll come back Wednesday. I like to offset. And the other thing that I really, that's really helping me out, and this is something for people out there that are listening that are dads and husbands, right? And that are working men or entrepreneurs. Something that's really helping me. I learned from a, a guy that I consider a legend in the game. I said, hey, man, how do you do it? Because this guy, you know, when I was coming up in the game, this guy has so much going on. I said, how do you do it? He says, he says, Carlos, I'd like to zigzag. I'm like, zigzag? He's like, yeah, I'll schedule uh, a vacation or a getaway with either myself or me and my wife or me and the whole family. Mm-hmm. And I'll zig for like a month. We'll grind, 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 grind. And then boom, zag. I'm, I already I already planned my getaway. So I already know <laughs> I'm working towards, I already know I'm working towards that relief. You know what I'm saying? So yep. that helps out a lot. Zigzagging, uh, offsetting, and uh and grounding yourself, man. Something that I do now to ground myself is, 
you know, I do meditation, I do breath work, I do grounding, I do sensory deprivation floating uh, on the tank. Mm-hmm. I go up to Sedona, I, I, I get in nature, you know, I, I hike trails, I climb mountains, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. these are all things that I have to do to just be in my power and to be, be the best that I can be every single day for my family, for my business partners, for myself, you know? Mm-hmm. So these are some of the things that I highly, highly encourage. And, you know, again, it takes a lot of discipline to be doing these things. Yep. I didn't just start doing these things today, you know, Yep. like you have to create the habits and then those habits will eventually create that lifestyle. And then the lifestyle will bear a lot of fruit. Absolutely. So I want to pivot a little bit and uh, steer this into parenting. So you've got this, you, it's obvious you've got this hunger that's also balanced with this extreme level of, of just gratitude for the opportunity that you have to have built the life that you have. And I'd have to imagine a lot of that has kind of grown from the soil of your childhood and how you came up. So maybe con- contrast that with your your kids who I would imagine are growing up a little bit differently than you did. Um, so how are you balancing that, trying to instill that level of humility and hunger and gratitude you know, in, into your girls now? You know, there's an old saying that I will always remember by Bruce Lee, who is one of the most enlightened individuals to ever live. Uh, the, I don't know if you're, Yep. Are you too young to Bruce Lee? You know who Bruce Lee is, yeah, right? So I got him. He's, he's a, a legend. legend right? Yeah, there we he's go. Legend. He says, you know, instead of giving your children all the things you didn't have, teach them all the things that you weren't taught, right? So I, you know, my philosophy is um, I'm pouring into them mentally, spiritually, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Emotionally. Yep. Um, that's what keeps them grounded. Um, I pour into my kids every single day. Um, I used to not, by the way, my wife used to give me a really hard time. She's like, do we have to pay you for you to pour into your kids? Like you're pouring into everybody else around the country, you know, for, you know, tens of thousands of dollars or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, are you, do we have to pay you? And then, you know, finally, man, like last year is when I really just started being there, like being a present conscious parent and pouring into them with everything, man. Like, you know, you would not believe the emotion, the level of emotional intelligence that my children have, because my wife and I are both on the same page. We're really trying to just make them these like super humans, you know, these super avatars mm-hmm. with, with just literally just this, like, <laughs> like, you know, conditioning and programming, like setting examples and talking to them. And you know what I mean? Like yep. my, my three-year-old, not, my three-year-old knows how to breathe, like do breathing sessions. Like she knows how to meditate, man. You know, That's so, huge. You know, it's like we're we're doing what we got to do. We're not for us. It's not about things. It's about connection, and it's about you know knowledge. So we're doing we're doing the right things with. with I, I love where my wife and I are with our kids right now. That's awesome. And how um, what's that communication like with your wife? We talked about how important communication is. I know how hard it is raising kids, especially young ones. And I, and things change. Yeah. They evolve very quickly at a young age. They're very impressionable. So what's that process kind of been like uh, for you and your wife growing into that role and maybe having to give each other a little grace along the way? Yeah, you know, um, when, you know, when I started really growing mentally, spiritually, emotionally, um, you know, in a relationship, you're either going to be sometimes the influencer or the influencee. Um, You're either going to impact your significant other um, energetically, right. Through example, Mm -hmm. through the way that you're living your life. So that person will either grow and become like naturally just Mm -hmm. hop on the same wave or things will start to fall apart. I'm very fortunate that my wife became a very, uh, conscious individual and a very conscious parent and a very conscious wife. And I could not ask for a better situation at home right now with my children and my wife. Um, so it, it, it does require growth from both, both parties. Yeah. Um, growth to be able to really have a connection together as, you know, as a couple and growth to be able to parent, to be on the same page as parents, because a lot of the times, Right. It's like one guy, dad's here and mom's here. And it's like the kids are like, what do we do? Right. So being on the same page is very important. Yeah, that's that's huge. And that's such a big point, too. Like within a within a marriage, understanding that 
you know, people hardly ever just kind of stay the same and stay stagnant. It's either like you're either you're growing in some direction, whether it's positive or negative. And that's something like I was talking to Mark Bell the other day and, and we were talking about this, like how, I mean, one of the things similar to you, it sounds like I'm so proud of the way that my wife and I've kind of grown together and in the same direction. And it's, you know, that's not always an easy thing. Um, but you know, she's helped me grow tremendously. I'd like to think I've helped a little bit in that capacity, but understanding Absolutely. that it, that's like a living, breathing dynamic. I think that gets overlooked between the husband and wife, like grow, actually growing together. Not like I'm going to go do my thing, like, yeah. come on, keep up. But like, yeah, we're going to do this together. That's a huge, huge, huge point. You ever, you ever read, read it? Look, there's a reason why I have a box full of these books, right? Yep. This book changed my life back in 2014. Secret to the Millionaire Mind by T. Harbecker. Okay. This book changed. This book changed my life. Uh, that's another thing. That, again, I have no. I don't get any incentives or kickbacks by promoting. A, uh, you know, this book. It changed mm -hmm. my life. You know, it changed my life. And anybody out there that's listening, I strongly recommend that you guys read that book. Uh, Secret to the Millionaire Mind by, by T. Harbecker. Perfect. It's life-changing, man. It's spiritually, emotionally, and mentally life-changing. We'll so, link it up. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. So uh, two more questions for you as, as we move oh, towards... And by the way... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, by the way, before that, um, also, anybody that's interested and in, like to see how I did what I did with my journey, and not only that, but what I do now, like on the business aspect of real estate investing... Mm -hmm. Because I started with nothing. Like I literally started being broke. I had a nine to five job, right? J-O-B, just over broke. I was literally, you know, saving two, $300 every other week. So I couldn't, I didn't really have enough money for courses and coaches and nothing like that. So I started from, I started on like beating the concrete by putting out banded signs, door knocking, driving for, you know, driving to see which houses were like, you know, needed repair. And I didn't have money to, um, to even repair houses. So what I did was, you know, I would get these deals on their contract and then I would find the person that did have the money to actually repair that house. And I would just kind of assign or sell that agreement to them. And then I would make money. So if anybody's interested in learning that, they can get my book for free. You can put it down here in the description. Um, best, best REI book.com. So it's B E S T R E I book, B O O K.com. Best REI book.com. All they got to do is download the link and they get access to my book for free instead of uh, buying it on Amazon for $25. Perfect. We will definitely tee that all up. Um, and I'm going to give it a read myself. Um, so Carlos, let me, let me ask you these two questions, um, a little bit more open-ended, a little bit more broad. And I think we've touched on some of the elements that may come up in your answers here, but first question, number one, what are you the most proud of in your life so far? You know, I think that I'm, well, I know that I'm the most proud of, of the, uh, the internal growth, the internal growth, the internal healing, because you know what, man, I know a lot of seven, eight, nine figure individuals that are absolutely miserable. Their distraction and their way of numbing themselves is by working. That, that's how they justify. Yes. You know what I'm saying? 100%. I have blockages with my own family. I had blockages. If you give me a choice, hey, do you want to you want to work the rest of your life? Do you want to spend your time or you want to spend time with your family on an island the rest of your life? I'm going to tell you, I would rather spend time on an island with my family for the rest of my life. Now, you would ask me that question uh, prior to 2019. Um, I would have probably said, I want to work for the rest of my life. Wow. That's a, that's a so, great uh, answer. Yeah. The internal growth, man. Like, I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how much money you make. If you're not happy, you're, 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 you're you're selling yourself super short. Yeah. hundred percent. Alex Hormozzi says it well. He says money only solves money problems. And that's it. Um, so la last question, I'll lob this one out to you. And we talked about legacy a little bit earlier on. Um, but I always ask this question at the end. And you know, when I, when I think about legacy, I think about it maybe a little bit differently than the way you kind of described it before. And I kind of think about, um, you know, the moments, the memories, the lessons that we hopefully one day we'll get to pass along to our kids, you know, God willing, we're able to leave them behind on earth and they're able to live, you know, with the memory of us, those little impressions and whatever that is, whatever that looks like for you. So if I kind of turn that around and through that framework and ask you what you want your legacy to really be, you know, with your kids, 
Like, what do you want your kids to remember about their dad? What do you want your legacy to be um, for your family? You know, that's definitely multi-layered, right? Um, let me just say this. First and foremost, I want them to continue to think of me as a superhero. That's very important. My dad was a superhero. My dad was the best. That is, you know, I want them to find in a man in the future when my two daughters are of age to, you know, get married and all that, you know, maybe find somebody that is like myself. I hope, right? That's all I can hope for. Yep. That's why, you know, the foundational values that we're embedding in them is very important. Um, Second, so yeah, superhero, you know, he was the best. He was, oh, my dad was, he was just the best. Like, you know, because then my legacy will always live on, right? Um, The other thing is I want them to think of, man, it all started with, it all started with dad. He was the spark. He was he was uh, he changed the entire trajectory of, of our family's existence from from my father now come eight figure nine figure you know entrepreneurs and now our family's filled with doctors and lawyers you know what i mean like mm-hmm. our family like he brought he brought everything and everyone up right um i want to create generational wealth and you know, not only monetary, monetarily, I want to create generational wealth, like knowledge. That's why I'm pouring into my children, you know, because they're going to know better. Think of, think about it, man. Nine out of 10 parents out there aren't having the conversations that I'm having with my children. Like I'm pouring into them and I'm, and I'm having the conversations brother on their level. I'm teaching them. I'm like, what, you know, when they're there or they're around, I'm a kid, I'm a kid and I'm, and I'm communicating effectively as a kid. I'm not even asking them to come up, right? So many parents out there are like, you need to speak at my level. No, no, bro. Like, they don't know what it's like to be adults yet. You know what it's like to be a child. Bring that child out and communicate with them effectively. Be a child. They'll understand you more. They'll connect with you more. So again, brother, there are, you know, it's, it's like, there's so many different things that I want out of my legacy. And, you know, God willing, uh, those things do happen. Amen, brother. That's such a good answer. I love that. So Carlos, I want to thank you so much again um, for making the time to be on here. Like I said before we came on and I know how, how, how valuable your time is and I take it as a gift. Man, it's such a blessing to have had you on. Um, you mentioned the book. We're going to link that up. Where else can people find uh, follow you? Uh, and find Carlos out Reyes on Instagram. C-A-R-L-O-S-R-E-Y-E-S. Carlos Reyes on Instagram. I'm always there. If you know, normally it's, normally it's mean, you know, um, but in, whenever there's like some kind of promotion, um, it's like one of my virtual assistants, but when it's a real conversation, it's me. <laughs> yep. Awesome. There we go. And Hey, that's how we got here. So if he does respond, I can tell, tell you guys yes, that. So, all right, brother. Yes, well, thank you so much for making time for us. Uh, we'll catch up soon. All right, brother. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See ya.